Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Phoneats First, a podcast about romanticizing your life and finding inspiration inside and out of the kitchen. My name is Corey May. I'm happy you're here. However you found me, I'm so glad you're here. Today, we're going to be talking about elevating your diet, and I have kind of come up with a list of simple things that you can do to elevate your diet, feel more nourished, just kind of overall improve the way you eat and how you feel your body and what you put in your body because it's so important and that's how you feel good. And this is honestly what I'm so passionate about and what I feel like I have a lot of knowledge on. But of course, I'm going to preface with I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor. I literally have negative science background other than like high school biology and chemistry. But I have come up with a list. First, we're going to do the weekly report, of course. But then we're just going to talk about elevating your diet and then also some easy things that you can do to improve your diet, improve your nutrition, all that. You are listening to Phoneats First. So first of all, the weekly report. I do want to kind of add a disclaimer to this weekly report because obviously I pre-record episodes and I don't always post them in order. I'm going to try to and the plan is to eventually post them in order. Only you would know if you know me well and know my actual plans, but just wanted to throw that in there. So reading. I am reading still don't hold your breath, the things we left behind. I also realized that I've been calling it the things we never got over, the things we hide from the light, because they all sound the same to me and I can't remember which is which, but it's the third book of the Knockmount series, The Things We Hide From The Light. But I will say I did read like 100 pages last night and it's getting good. I am trying. And I tried to go to bed early last night. So it's like, I'm not going to podcast. I'm not going to edit. I'm not going to be on my phone. Let me just read. And I read for like an hour and a half and then it was still late when I went to bed and I was still tired this morning. So you can't win, really just can't win. But I do, I always just feel great when I read. So that's the goal. All right, E, eating. I've been eating a lot of pasta and carbs this week and that is actually going to tie a lot into the episode because that's just what my body's been craving and I'm not mad about it. All of my meals have been so good this week. All right, plan. This weekend, I get to hang out with my all but one college freshman friends besties for the resties (laughs) we're going to unc and actually going to the football game this time which will be fun unc six and oh so that's super exciting and then on sunday i'm going to see the taylor swift movie so yeah i'm basic but i'm pumped all right oh i am obsessed with how blue the sky is in the fall i can't get over it and me and my roommate and coworkers were talking about this and i feel like this has to be scientifically backed somewhere that the sky is actually bluer in the fall. I don't know if it's the contrast of the leaves, like the reds and yellows. I don't know what it is, but the sky is just so blue. And if you haven't noticed it, you need to notice it now because it's perfect. All right. A recipe I want to share is my DIY Greek pasta salad that I actually just had for dinner tonight. And it's the second time I've made it now. It is all from Trader Joe's, but you could definitely do a different modification to all this from not Trader Joe's because I know you don't all have access to Trader Joe's. So got to be inclusive here, (laughs) but obviously buying from Trader Joe's would be a little bit more elite. So what I do is Trader Joe's has these pre-made bag salads. And so the Mediterranean one, obviously get that, but you could also, you know, make your own salad or sometimes I add more lettuce to it because the little cut up lettuce just doesn't do it all the time. So start there. And then I do the Trader Joe's spinach tortellini key ingredient. Don't be fooled. Then I add the pre-cooked garlic chicken sausage. And then I also just things that I have in my fridge almost at all times are kamada olives, pickled onions, feta, more feta. 
and the Greek chickpeas that come in a can and have all this like yummy, oily seasoning. So good. So you just assemble. I think that's pretty self-explanatory, but it's really good. Kind of hits a lot of the spots of you feel healthy because it's a salad, but also it's hearty because it has protein. And then it also has the pasta, which is just the good, the good in all of it. <laughs> and then tea, a treat is one that I've kind of forgotten about. I'm not even going to lie because of my chocolate date obsession, but the Trader Joe's dark chocolate peanut butter cups, like the Reese's. If you, I mean, if you have shopped at Trader Joe's, I know you've had these and they are so good. They're the best peanut butter cup out there. And I stand by that. But another treat I thought of is just my love for seltzer water, which can be a controversial topic to some of you, but I just love seltzer water, club soda, sparkling water, whatever you call it. I'll even drink it plain. So I'm kind of an animal, I know. All right. And that's the weekly report. Now let's get into ways to elevate your diet. And again, I'm not a dietitian. These are just things that I have learned over my time of learning more about food. These are things that have worked for me. So I hope they work for you. Just take everything I'm saying as not a fact, but just, oh, I learned this from Corey, but it might not be true. <laughs> and I have, let's see, eight different things, eight different bullet points. And I listed them all out. I did Google search a few things. So Again, just take it as it is. I don't know. But overall, I think they're pretty factual. So the number one way to elevate your diet, protein. Protein is so important in my diet, and I know it is kind of the key to a lot of people's diets as they start their food journey, their health journey, their fitness journey. It allowed, like It has so many benefits, it's obviously in addition to just staying fuller longer. That in turn means you have less cravings, less snacking. But the other benefits is when you work out, your muscle tissue literally breaks down and like picture it ripping. Protein builds those fibers back together and it also builds it in lean muscle, which I don't fully know what that means, but I just know lean muscle is like, if you look at someone that's obviously lifts weights for a living, that's lean muscle. And it also helps you maintain your muscle mass. So protein is just good. It's one of those look good, feel good, nutrition must-haves. And the kind of the question of how much protein to eat a day, I truly don't even know. I've heard one gram of protein per your entire body weight, which that's a ton. Like do the math there. That's a ton of protein. But then I've also heard a gram per half your body weight or even a third of your body weight. I'll let you decide what is best for you, but I do know you should definitely be eating a lot of protein. I mean, maybe start with a third of your body weight which I mean, if you weigh 150 pounds, that's mm, 50 pounds. Oh my God. That was literally the easiest math ever. And wow, it's late. Yeah. So let's like start with 50 grams and then up it to, I think half your body weight probably honestly sounds the best now that I'm doing the math out loud. Like if you weigh 150 pounds, that's 75 grams. I, you can do that. I, I know you can. And then some ways that I get my protein in, in the day is I start off really strong with a protein smoothie because just kind of with my work schedule, I don't have time to like do eggs and toast and all that and sit down and eat it because I don't want to eat it like 7 a.m. I typically do my protein smoothie and then I drink it in the car or when I get to work. But my protein smoothie has 59 grams of protein. If I do hemp hearts, hemp seeds, but I kind of avoid those because they have 170 calories, which not that I count calories, but that's just a lot for literally like three tablespoons of hemp seeds that really only add 10 grams of protein. So for me, it's not really worth it. 
And without the hemp seeds, 49 grams of protein, which is still pretty good in my opinion. Another form of protein that I eat a lot of is cheese, which is kind of funny because I didn't really eat cheese much, or I kind of cut it out of my diet in addition to just dairy. Cause I, you know, like this is, I could do a whole episode on this, but just the value or the the opinion of the dairy industry and like how it's portrayed as this bad thing and how dairy is not good for you. And in reality, milk is so good for you. Cheese is good for you. Dairy is good for you. It's good for your bones. Lots of protein, calcium, like all that stuff. Whereas almond milk is really just like nut water and there's no, there's literally no benefit to it aside from it not being dairy, which like I, I'm a hypocrite saying that right now because I do almond milk in my smoothies, but I don't know. I need to transition more to dairy. And I've learned, like, I thought I was a little bit lactose intolerant and I'm really not. I just can't do a lot of heavy cream and ice cream will hurt my stomach. But I think that's from like a bigger issue of gut issues, not just the dairy. Another form of protein is Greek yogurt. And I eat also put that in my smoothies, but I'll eat plain Greek yogurt as a snack with granola, fruit, honey, cinnamon. It's so good. And it's like 20 grams of protein a serving. I think maybe more. It's just an easy way to have a snack that is going to fill you and you're going to feel good about it. And then the obvious protein source is meat. And I like have to have meat in my lunch and dinner, not necessarily my breakfast, but so my go-to meats are chicken, ground turkey, and salmon. But other things that I have on hand so that I'm never having a dinner without protein if I don't want to is the chicken sausage from Trader Joe's that I talked about. And then also frozen turkey meatballs and frozen shrimp, which I'm kind of off of frozen shrimp now, but... The chicken sausage and the turkey meatballs are so good. And then you don't have to really defrost them. You could literally throw them in the microwave because they're already cooked. And then last but not least, we have eggs, which kind of like I said, I don't really eat eggs a lot just because of the time aspect, but I do do boiled eggs in my salad sometimes, or on the weekends, I'll have a nice egg toast, egg omelet situation. So yeah, that is protein for you. You should, <laughs> you should be eating it. And I also would recommend track what you eat for a day or for a week or for a weekend and don't track calories, track protein because it's, you'll probably be really interested to see how much or how little you're actually eating. Okay. Number two way to elevate your diet is to eat healthy fats. And I'm not going to speak too much on this because I really don't have that much knowledge on it, but I do know that when personally I eat healthy fats, like cheese, avocado, it just literally sticks to your gut. And maybe that's a phrase my mom says, I don't know, but It kind of goes hand in hand with protein. I just know that healthy fat is so good for you and it provides you with a lot of energy and it pairs well with protein. Like for example, the keto diet that a lot of people have done and it does work if you reach that ketosis level is a high fat and high protein diet. So there's something going on with healthy fat, but definitely always look to add like cheese and avocado. And I think yogurt has a lot of fat or it can have a lot of fat unless it's fat free. I don't know. Again, not a doctor, not a nutritionist. Don't really know the benefits, but I do know that healthy fat is good for you. I'll do some research and get back to you. I'll circle back here. All right. Number three, carbs are not the enemy. I hate that people think eating pasta and eating rice and bread is the reason we're all sick and unhealthy and fat and all of the above. It's literally not carbs. Carbohydrates provide energy and your body literally needs energy to function. Yes, some carbs are not good for you. There's a lot of things that aren't good for you, but let's pick and choose our battles, people. And honestly, like meals to me don't feel complete without a carb, whether that carb is rice or potato, it just doesn't feel the same. 
or I mean pasta as well, which I don't eat pasta all the time because I do agree pasta is heavy and I do think that is a little high in carbs, but overall everything is just about balance and portioning and all that. But if your body needs energy, you need carbs. Like if you're a runner, (laughs) track star, any of the above, you need carbs. And kind of like I was saying in the weekly report, I have been craving carbs this week, definitely because it's probably about that time of the month, which is a thing, ladies. It's not just you feeling unhealthy. It's like your body is craving things for a reason. But yeah, let's just all remember that carbs are not the enemy here. Okay, number four, water. Everyone drink your water. If you know me, you know I'm the water police. I don't know why I started doing that, but I'm not mad about it because I drink so much water and I cannot wrap my head around the fact that some people just don't drink water and don't drink a lot of water. Like it, it's crazy to me, but water is so good for you. And I Googled how much water everyone should be drinking because I know it's probably more than eight, eight ounce glasses. So the very, very first Google search I saw and I'm going with as fact <laughs> says between half an ounce to an ounce of water for each pound you weigh. So if you weigh hundred pounds, drink 50 ounces. If you weigh 200 pounds, drink 100 ounces. When I did 75 hard, the goal was one gallon per day. And honestly, for me, that was so easy that I didn't even track my water just because I knew I was drinking enough water. And I have one of those 64 ounce hydro flasks. But I swear, I literally want to get one of those like (laughs) chug jugs. Jake, if you listen to this, shout out your chug jug. But basically, the gallons of water that we used to take to soccer practice in like middle school that were like you had to carry and hold with two hands. I want one of those because... I have to refill my water so much and then I actually don't refill it because at work our water fountain's all the way upstairs. I know first world problems, but literally I'm like, oh, I'll wait another 30 minutes and then I don't, I'm just not drinking water. When in reality, like if I had a cup of, with a straw in front of me, I'm just drinking nonstop. Overall, water is good for you because one, you already know that, like everyone just knows water is good for you, but it's overall good for your digestion, skin, sleep, energy flushing out the toxins. Like when I was, again, back to 75 hard, I could tell a difference in my skin. Like I kind of had more of a glow to me. And something else with overall hydration is electrolytes. And I can't speak on this because I don't actually consume electrolytes, but both of my mom and my dad do. And because you're not really properly rehydrating unless you're also rehydrating with electrolytes. So that's something I want to do. And I know there's these brands now that, you know, partner with influencers and stuff. And it's a travel electrolyte package, which I honestly really do need because I spend a lot of time outside and sweating. So I need to replenish my electrolytes. So if that happens, I'll report back. But overall, guys, drink your water. Your pee should be clear. Okay. And then once you think you've had enough water, drink a little bit more. All right. Number five, listen to your body. And this has a few different tiers to it. So we're just going to get into it. But the first tier of listening to your body is all about intuitive eating. And I, again, this isn't something I'm a pro at, but I really want to get better at. Intuitive eating is, according to the National Eating Disorder Association, intuitive eating is about trusting your body to make food choices that feel good for you without judging yourself or the influence of diet culture. So simple answer of what intuitive eating is. Are you actually hungry? And this is hard for me because I am a creature of habit. And so anytime, like I won't even be thinking about lunch, but then anytime at work, someone's like, Oh, who wants lunch? And then I'm like, Ooh, I'm kind of hungry. And I, it's habit. I know if I were to probably just ignore the fact or keep working for like another hour or whatever till like I was actually hungry, I know I'd be fine, but it's just the idea of someone says I'm hungry. And then I'm like, I literally feel hunger in my stomach, which is kind of blows my mind. 
And I know I'm probably not the only one that this happens to, but it's annoying because I want to be more of an intuitive eater and actually just eat when I'm hungry. And I want to eat slower so I can digest better. And just overall, if you eat slower, your body will feel fuller at a slower pace and your mind is able to tell your body, hey, you're getting full now. Whereas if you just scarf a meal and it's already gone, then your brain's like, yay, you're, whoa, you're full. You were full like 10 bites ago, but too late. So that's something I want to do. And then also with intuitive eating is eating what sounds good and what your body is craving, which is kind of like another pillar I have of under listening to your body, which your body is craving something for a reason. For example, I crave salty food kind of a lot, which is probably again, back to like the electrolytes. I need to eat more or sorry, I need to drink more electrolytes, which salt is an electrolyte. I think that could be a wrong, that could be a totally wrong statement, but in my mind, they both deal with hydration and replenishing your body and rehydrating you. If your body's craving something, there's a reason and listen to your body. I mean, if you're craving sugar, that's probably another different thing. That's called addiction. I'm guilty, but listen to your body. Let's all try it. And then another pillar of this is eating breakfast versus intermittent fasting, which intermittent fasting can probably be confused with intuitive eating if you don't really know the difference, but I feel like I need to be careful speaking on this. And this is truly a topic I want to do an entire episode on. But first I want to read this book called fast like a girl and also just have more knowledge on all of this and maybe even like bring someone on to talk about this. But intermittent fasting is when you don't eat for X amount of hours to let your body recover. And I do know it truly is really good for you and it can be really good for everyone, but people are different and females and males are different. For example, males, I'm pretty sure can fast any day, every day, all day, like Intermittent fasting can be a everyday habit for them. But females, on the other hand, you should fast in sync with your cycle. Yes, like your menstrual cycle. For example, I think day one can start fasting, but then as you get to the week right before your, basically the end of your cycle, like right before your period, you shouldn't be fasting or maybe you're not fasting for as long. And I think fasting has a negative connotation because when you think of fasting, oh, you're not eating for an entire day. No, intermittent fasting is, I've heard like a 8-14 rule, I think. No, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't add up to 24 hours in a day. Maybe it's 14-10. I don't, sorry, 16-8 maybe. I don't know. Guys, I don't know. I'll learn more and I'll tell you more. But for right now, I don't know. Basically, I've heard and I have personally tried to not eat for 12 hours, which if you think about it really isn't that hard sometimes. For example, tonight I got home from work at six, walked Cali, came home, started cooking dinner at seven, was done and eating at 7.30 and the odds I eat tomorrow before 7.30 AM are slim. So for me, I'll honestly go more than 12 hours, but sometimes I get home from work a lot later or I work out a lot later And then by the time I'm done eating, it's like nine. And then I can almost promise you I'll be eating before nine, just kind of back to that habit thing that I have. So moral of the story, (laughs) I'm going to learn more about fasting and tell females versus males the difference of fasting and why your body is different. But it all just goes hand in hand with listening to your body. Can you go 12 to 15 to 18 hours without food? 
Good for you. I am not in that category. I love to eat breakfast. And it's so interesting because we all grow up learning that eating breakfast or breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And it's the best way to start your day and get your body going, get your metabolism going. But then you also have people that literally don't eat breakfast. Like, oh yeah, I'm just not hungry. Oh, I forgot. Like I have never been able to wrap my head around that, but that goes into the intermittent fasting category. The intermittent fasting allows your body to repair, recover, get ready for more food, honestly. But moral of the story, I'm a breakfast gal, not a fasting gal. I would like to do more fasting, but kind of my work schedule interferes with that, which again, is just an excuse. Like I could definitely find a way to figure it out, but I, you know, I'm a creature of habit and I like to wake up in the morning, drink my, drink my greens, drink my coffee, make my smoothie, drive to work, drink my smoothie in the car, just, and then just have a day. And then I eat lunch between like 12 and two. I eat dinner pretty early, kind of, again, just depends when I get home. Oh, Callie's playing with the toy and we're going to let it happen. Otherwise she'll bark at me. So if you hear squeaking, that's her. Emily, if you're listening, she's playing with the Golden Gate Bridge toy you gave her. So thank you. Oh my goodness. Callie, come here. You want to be on the podcast? Do you want to be on the podcast? Come here. Come. (laughs) Okay. Number six way to elevate your diet is greens. And they just can't not be good for you. I know there's a lot of talk and posts and trends almost of the carnivore diet versus the plant-based diet versus veganism versus the standard diet. I don't know. This is just my take on it. They literally come from the earth. And I'm, I'm talking about vegetables here. Of course, there's more to greens. Like maybe we should just call this category vegetables. I don't know. But vegetables have to be so good for you. And I literally crave vegetables. If I've been on a work trip for forever or off the wagon, just like not eating a lot of vegetables, I'm like, "Mm, I just need vegetables with salt, pepper, olive oil, just light. They make me feel good. They keep you regular. I don't, I don't even need to list the benefits of vegetables. Like you guys know, but then we're going to get into another kind of green and that's greens powder. And here's just my honest opinion. I drink blooms, bloom, blooms, I don't, bloom supplements because I love the founder, Mari. She just is a badass and I support their small business and her mission and all that. And her greens are supposedly made with really good ingredients, yada, yada. But, and I like them. I do. I am not going to sit here and tell you that they are the holy grail of my health because if they were, they'd be kind of sad, but I do truly enjoy them. Her brand does taste really good. My favorite's coconut, but I've also had mango and I think they're good. Berry is also good. I want to try the new strawberry kiwi flavor of greens, but coconuts my go-to. And if you, here's the key to greens. I've had a lot of people ask me like if I like them or they're like, oh, I tried them for a little bit and like they didn't do anything. But so if you don't know, powder greens are supposed to help you with your digestion, gut health, and then just overall health. And they're supposed to make your skin a little bit better, stuff like that. And I... I've had kind of ups and downs at first. I realized it was because I wasn't drinking them consistently. So there's the key to powder greens is you have to drink them consistently. I drink a full glass every morning before my coffee now because I wake up and just chug cold water. Again, back to the water. If you're one of those people who wakes up and doesn't immediately crave water, like I don't know how you function. I've never been able to wrap my head around those people that can go like half a day and be like, oh my God, I haven't even had water today. Or like, this is my first sip of water which Bryce, if you're listening to this, I'm talking about you. One of my childhood best friends, college roommates, you know, best people on the planet. 
literally will just, or not anymore. I will give her the credit, but it would be like after lunch and we'd be just like all doing homework or whatever. And she would have one sip of like lukewarm tap water and be like, oh my God, this is my first sip of water all day. And I'd already had, you know, two gallons. I just, I don't know. I can't wrap my head around people like that. If I'm describing you, you need to fix this. It's not okay. <laughs> it's not funny. But back to greens consistency is key and then they also play such a role in your digestion which you guys hopefully know this by now like spinach or the greens powder they like help you with bloating it's kind of the selling point which yes a little bit but also if you're bloated like you're you should fix the reason you're bloated you shouldn't look for a solution to being bloated like prevent it don't fix it is basically what i'm saying and I, on a side note, I have a very regular system and I'm very proud of that. Like I go to the restroom multiple times a day, which to some people, I, I didn't know that that was that crazy, but I also have friends that can't go to the bathroom. It's like every other day for them. And I'm like, oh my God, that sounds horrible. I would not be able to walk. Anyway, what my point in saying all of this is I put spinach in my smoothie every morning. I drink my greens every morning. And if I go a few days without spinach or greens, like I can tell. And water also plays a huge role in this. I mean, this whole episode is about elevating your diet. Like everything I do is to have a regular system, to feel good, to look good, to nourish my body. And my point in bringing this up is as a human, I don't want to rely on supplements or pills or anything to have a normal system. And you guys shouldn't want that either for yourself. Like for a while I was taking a probiotic because that was kind of just like the thing they worked. They definitely work. But again, I already had that regular system and I was like, mm, I don't want to rely on something. And this might be a very over stereotype, but what I'm going to say is people in Europe, I've heard, or just people around the world, they don't rely on supplements to improve their health. Whether you just need like a pill because you're already sick or you're taking pills to prevent being sick. Like that's not how life is in a lot of other countries. Whereas here you can walk into a pharmacy and find any pill for anything, any supplement for anything to fix you, to prevent this, to prevent that. When in reality, like food is such a healing thing and your diet is so important to your overall health and preventing disease and feeling good and looking good and doing all the things you want to do. So let's start at the root, not look for solutions. That's kind of a deep tangent. I'm sure I'll do like a whole episode of that at some point, but moral of the story, which I've said moral of the story a lot today. Sorry, not sorry. We just got to summarize the facts, you know, keep the people interested, listening. I want you guys to be able to get the highlights from all of this, but so here's the highlights for greens. I do like my greens powder. I use bloom. I recommend it. Definitely try it, but you have to drink it every day. And then greens are good with your digestion. You should be pooping regularly. Like you're supposed to poop after every meal. I'm not going to tell you that I do that, but that's like, that's what dogs do. In, in one out the other. Okay. Sorry. Whatever. Moving on. Okay. Number seven way to elevate your diet, sugar, not adding sugar, removing sugar. And I do want to just say sugar is not going to kill you, but it's definitely going to try. And so moderation is something to be so, so keen on with sugar. And again, speaking to myself here, I love chocolate. I crave chocolate. Like I could eat a little bite of chocolate after breakfast. Even I have like one snack and I'm like, chocolate sounds good. <laughs> And it's something I really do need to work on because I know sugar is so bad for you. If there's one thing you need to take away from this, limit your sugar. Well, no, I take that back. 
increase your protein and drink water. And then we'll work on limiting sugar. But again, you can't do everything at once. You can't remove everything and add all these things. Your body's going to be confused. You're going to give up. You're going to get frustrated. So limit your sugar. It increases your blood sugar. It leads to chronic inflammation. It increases fat. It disables your appetite control, which that kind of means like you eat sugar, you want more sugar. It's just empty calories and your body's like, what do I do with this? And it just stores it as fat and it's really just not good for you at all. It's not good for your skin, which you'll notice here. I've said skin a lot because I have a pretty big focus on, like I have hormonal acne at the moment and it's really annoying, but I do know that food plays a huge role in it. Acne on your face is like a signal to your body. Like, Hey, something's off. Like we need to fix this. Anyway, limit your sugar. It's so bad for you, but also eat the cake, eat the ice cream, like enjoy your life. I just heard about this thing called the 75 hotter challenge on TikTok and I love it. I honestly might do it. But they, the person that started it is implementing a three-bite rule. And I really like this. It's saying you can have whatever, like a chocolate croissant, the birthday cake, the, I don't know, just something that like insert item that isn't that good for you, even if it's not like a sugar-related item. But overall, it's like you can have three bites because one bite would just be a joke. The second bite is going to be more of a temptation. And the third bite, you're like, okay, I'm satisfied. Like I've had enough. And so I think that's a good way to kind of limit your sugar. And honestly, I might try this. And another benefit of stopping eating so much sugar is you stop craving it. And I can attest to this when I did 75 hard, I, for the first little bit, I was really on it and I would cut out sweets. I had a thing of ice cream in the freezer and I threw it away and I stopped craving chocolate or I keep saying chocolate. I stopped craving sweets after dinner. And then I, of course it didn't last the entire time and I still crave sweets and I have my chocolate dates that I make and I make chocolate and ice cream. Like I have other ways to get this sweet tooth in because I do think dessert is a really important ritual in a lot of people's days, mine included. Like it's something to truly make you smile. And that's more important than eating a little too much sugar for the day. But if you stop, if you limit your sugar, you're going to want it less. And that's kind of the goal here. All right. The number eight way to elevate your diet is do little fancy things. Cause if you're eating fancy, you feel fancy. I'm talking about number one, drink tea. Drinking tea just to me feels so fancy and I have it every night and I just love it. It's a little pleasure in my day. It winds my day down. It's kind of like my signal to myself. Like, okay, we're getting through the day. It's time to wind down for night, whether I'm going to sit on the couch, go to bed early, do a podcast. Like I'm drinking my tea right now, but I just drink it every day and I choose peppermint tea, which is really good for digestion, but I want to do spearmint tea next because spearmint tea is good for balancing hormones, keeping your blood sugar low. And I think it also helps digestion. And I just feel like having like a warm liquid at night soothes your whole body and just calms your body down. And I just think that's so nice because I'm a very like high, I don't know if high stress is the right word, but like I'm go, 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 go all day. Like I don't sit down. I don't, well, I sit down obviously to work, but like my brain is always going. I'm always doing something. I don't just like sit down and relax ever. So when I have my tea, I'm like, okay, I sip and I'm just like, ah, time to relax. And so tea is a way to elevate your diet, but this kind of just plays back into doing something small that feels fancy. It just makes you feel good. And I took notice of some other teas that are really good for you. The best for overall health, again, from my very first Google search, let me tell you. So if this isn't true, blame Google, not me. I'm sorry. But the best tea for your overall health is green tea supposedly the best for your gut health ginger tea supposedly the best tea for lung health is herbal tea so again supposedly best tea for sickness is peppermint tea 
which when I read that, I was kind of like, okay, yeah, I definitely need to switch up my tea game, but I don't know. I just really like peppermint tea. And the best at bedtime is chamomile tea, which if you're someone that has trouble sleeping, drink chamomile tea. It's like literally supposed to help you sleep. And thankfully I, sleeping is one of my best qualities. So I actually don't really drink chamomile tea because I don't, I don't know. I like, I don't think it has much flavor. And then I also just don't want to get into a habit of that. And it like actually affecting my sleep, which could just be a placebo effect for something. I don't know, but I personally don't love chamomile tea. Okay. And then another aspect of eating fancy, feeling fancy, all that is the farmer's market, which of course I was going to say that overall, just like fresh produce. It's so easy to go to the farmer's market and buy food there because then you're also eating in season, which again is better for you and better for the planet. So it's a win-win. And then number three, kind of my final tier of eating fancy and also just like my list of ways to elevate your diet and eating and everything is how you plate your food, which this seems really silly, but if your food looks better, it tastes better. That's literally in my podcast description. And it just allows you to enjoy your food. I personally do a little happy dance when I like look at my food. I'm like, ooh, like, <laughs> like this looks so good. I can't wait to eat this. And then you also just feel proud that you did that and you'll get better at it. And so then you're just gonna be like, damn, I can really make my food look good. You truly enjoy it more. And it allows you to romanticize the act of eating dinner, making dinner, just like the whole aspect of it. And Again, you might not do this. You might be like, okay, that's one thing I don't need to do. That's not actually going to benefit my health. But I don't know. It just like allows you to enjoy your food and learn to have a better relationship with food maybe. I don't know. It might be a hot take. But those are my eight ways to elevate your diet, which I'll list them out again. Protein, healthy fats, carbs, water, listen to your body, greens, limit your sugar, and then do fancy things. (laughs) But I posted on my Instagram, look at me feeling like an actual like influencer that I'm not, whatever. I asked you guys if there were any ways that you elevate your diet or if there were areas of your diet that you want to learn how to elevate. And so we'll start with the first question, which thank you to those of you that answered. Hopefully one day I'll post questions like this and have like a million responses and just feel like a G. So ways that other people elevate their diet, sourdough bread. Love this answer. And I think this falls into the fancy category and also, you know, carbs, obviously, but sourdough bread is just so good and soft and crusty and makes, it literally elevates every meal, like avocado toast on, I mean, I only buy sourdough bread, so I can't relate to another, (laughs) another kind, but sourdough bread is literally, it just feels fancy and it's so good. So yes, sourdough bread, check. I approve all recipes from Courtney in the kitchen. Thank you, Maggie. I mean, it's true. Like I eat healthy. I hate putting bad things in my body. So other than like, you know, alcohol here and there, but my recipes are good and I can post more. Literally DM me at any time be like, Hey, I want this. I think it's my dream goal to have a career in food and literally just within my account, help people meal prep, plan their grocery list, stuff like that. Like this weekend, I learned that Emily and Brendan, sorry to out you. They don't make a grocery list. And I'm just like, I was like, what? How do you know what to buy? And especially since they have to make such an effort to go to the grocery store, plug in my episode two, three, four, episode four with Emily, they rent a car and go grocery shopping like every two weeks. Imagine if you'd go through all that effort and then you realize you forgot pasta or bananas or milk, like just something small, but like a staple. I don't know. And also just like when you like plan out your meals, I'm like, how do you function? Anyway, I'm going to do a whole episode on grocery shopping and how I meal prep, how I 
plan out my go-to list, stuff like that soon. But yeah. Anyway, thank you, Maggie, for shouting out recipes on Corey in the Kitchen. Love you. <laughs> and another comment on ways to elevate your diet is farm fresh veggies. Yes. I just said that one. So that's an easy one. All right. And then areas of people's diets that they wanted to learn more about how to elevate. I got a few answers here. So the first response was dinner. And my biggest tip here on just elevating your dinner and finding ways to make it healthy and more nourishing is just, and enjoyable, just overall enjoyable is romanticizing the art of cooking dinner. Make, make dinner fun. So first you're going to plan out what you want for dinner and you can do it the day of, like you don't have to do, like, don't stress about planning four or five meals on Sunday for the whole week. If that's not possible for you, you're not going to do it. You're not going to enjoy it. It's not gonna be worth it. So plan your meals in advance to an extent that you can handle. If it's just one meal, if it's two meals, great. I'd shoot for three. So once you plan your three meals, you're going to make your grocery list. You're going to have the ingredients in your household that you need to make dinner. And you're going to buy good ingredients because if you find a recipe and you actually get all the ingredients, you're already going to be a step ahead of yourself. You're going to be, oh, look, I have all this stuff. I can make this. And then the kind of back to the biggest thing is you're going to romanticize the act of cooking dinner. Put on some music. Pour yourself a glass of wine or make a mocktail or literally just have like sparkling water and lemon or just drink water out of a wine glass. I don't care, but just enjoy it. Light a candle. I mean, obviously this is not possible for everyone. I know that people have kids, people have really busy schedules, people live with six other people, but you can find little things to do to make it a little bit more enjoyable than maybe you thought it was before. And then you're also going to plate your dinner nicely. Presentation is everything. Don't forget it. Okay. Another thing that was mentioned is eating healthier. This is a really broad topic, obviously. And kind of the whole premise of this podcast is I want you guys to eat healthier, learn more about how to eat healthier and just again, elevate your diet. So hopefully this entire episode helped you learn about eating healthier, but you know, I'm happy to help and let me know what specific questions you have about eating healthier. But again, like kind of back to the comment about recipes on my account. I eat healthy. So kind of follow what I do or no, don't follow what I do. I take that back. Just like get inspiration from other people. If there's something you see that looks good and you think you can make it like do it, save it. And don't just like save it on Instagram. Like take a screenshot of it, put it in your grocery list. Otherwise you'll never do it. Speaking from experience. Okay. Another thing that was mentioned is snacks and truly I don't really buy snacks except for crunchy curls at Trader Joe's. I just, I don't know. I just don't love, well, of course I like snacks, but I just don't see the purpose in snacks. And I've kind of built into my lifestyle that I don't snack when I do have a snack. It's crunch curls, obviously, or peanut butter, rice cakes, fruit, a yogurt parfait, hummus and vegetables, or like an apple, peanut butter, Again, sometimes I'll make toast. I think that's actually my favorite snack. I'll literally make like avocado toast with an egg, but which kind of like takes me to my point is like, I'd rather have a mini meal than a snack because I just know snacking is not like, it's just not good for you. It's, I mean, having mini meals throughout the day, like, yes, that's good for you. If you're hungry, eat back to intuitive eating. I just love how everything in this episode's tying together. Wow. But I recommend making a mini meal. So like, The fact that I said a yogurt parfait, you might be like, whoa, I would never, that's not a snack. Like that's breakfast. That's kind of my point. It's healthy fat protein, your little 
sugar for sweetness, granola, you could have a little bit of saltiness. I don't know, like however you like to have your yogurt, it's really good and it's easy. It doesn't take long at all. And then same with toast. Like if you have the ingredients like toast with ricotta cheese or hummus or avocado or literally just like bread and butter. I mean, not that that's just any nutritional value, but like it's going to hit. And also it's the art of like taking the time to make something and put something on a plate. You're going to one, enjoy it a lot better. And two, it's going to make you limit your snacking because you have to go through the act of, even if you're having like hot Cheetos, like put them in a bowl, just, just do it. You'll eat less and you know, it's going to be a little bit more aesthetic, (laughs) I guess. Okay. Oh, another tip for snacking is when I grocery shop, obviously Trader Joe's is different for those of you that are familiar with Trader Joe's. But if I ever go into like Harris Teeter or insert name of grocery store, wherever I am in the country, I don't go down the aisles. Of course, sometimes I do like if that's where like rice is, that's where beans are. That's where like random condiments are. Of course I do sometimes, but I don't like the aisles are all the processed foods. And so just be aware of what you're doing, where you're walking when you go through the grocery store. Like, are you going down the chip and cracker aisle? Like, do you actually need anything in that aisle? Probably not. Are you going to see something you want? Yeah. Are you going to put it in your cart? Probably. Is it okay? Yeah. Do what you want. But maybe just be like, Oh, actually I don't need anything on this aisle. Like I'm going to keep going. And then if you realize you did need something in the aisle, then go back, but you'll have spent more time thinking about other food. And so like the outside of the grocery store, you have like the produce typically on one side and like the deli slash butcher on the other. And then kind of in the back is the dairy, eggs, yogurt, cheese, like all that stuff. So just like do a lab on the outside first and then be like, okay, now what do I need? Because I guarantee you probably don't need to go down many aisles at all. All right. And the last question that was asked about how to elevate your diet is about consistency, just day to day, week to week. I assume this kind of means how do you eat healthy and consistently? My first tip here is plan. You have to make a plan. And again, kind of back to what I was saying earlier, don't feel like you have to map out five meals a week because that's really unrealistic, even for me, but just plan your meals. And again, I'll do a whole episode on how to plan your meals, how to grocery shop, all that, but find food you actually like and is within your bandwidth to cook or prepare in advance. And yes, this does take time to figure out what you like and what you kind of know how to cook without like looking at a recipe, but it also takes experimentation. Like just try, just like try different recipes, try different combinations, try a different grocery list. But at the end of the day, you should always have staples on hand. Or when you go grocery shopping, you should always be getting like X, Y, and Z because I know I can turn these into a meal or stick them in the freezer. Like I mentioned at the very beginning, I always have frozen meatballs and chicken sausage in the freezer because those take like no time to thaw or turn into a meal. But kind of your formula for creating a dinner is grain, protein, green. And like this literally is like my food plate or my food pyramid from like middle school. But it's true. Like pick your protein because I think I think that's the first thing you need to figure out because in my opinion, dinners are centered around the meat or fish. And then you pick the sides off of that. So, and you're not always in the mood for, I feel like you could always eat like a rice or a potato or like a green bean or broccoli or whatever, but you're not always in the mood for salmon versus chicken versus beef versus whatever. So just kind of use that formula to like figure out first what you want, 
But then again, it all goes back to planning because if you like, I eat the same thing for breakfast every day. And then on the weekends, I kind of, I'll do more of like an egg situation, like sit down. I used to do a lot of oatmeal, but recently I've kind of stopped eating or I've strayed away from oatmeal just because I know oats have a lot of sugar and it results in a blood sugar crash throughout the day. And like, I just like want to avoid that. I don't feel as good when I eat them. But so I know I eat the same thing for breakfast, lunch. I always take leftovers to lunch. And if it's not really like a proper leftover, like I add lettuce to make it a salad slash bowl, or I I honestly just kind of combine everything into like a container and it typically hits. And then I typically make a new dinner or I have like the leftover from the night before. I try and stagger my leftovers, but I'm a big leftover girl, which helps a lot. But again, I, if I don't make dinner, like for example, if I didn't cook dinner tonight to have leftovers tomorrow, I literally thought, I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to have anything to bring to lunch at work, which for me is a big issue because I, one, don't like spending money on food out when I don't have to. And then two, I just like feel better if I'm eating real food that I've cooked. So that all kind of goes into the habit of like, oh, I need, literally need to make dinner because I want leftovers. And then you, it's a win-win because you're getting a good meal now and you get a good meal tomorrow. So to be more consistent, just plan, just start there and we'll work on it. You'll figure it out. I promise. All right, everyone. That was a long one. I feel like I rambled a lot, but hopefully you learned something. Let me know what you liked about this because also I'm sure within everything I just said, there's a lot of takeaways here that I could turn into a lot more episodes and just kind of honestly do my own research on it and then tell you more about it. So please let me know what you liked hearing about. And also, I haven't asked this yet, but please, 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 if you even kind of like this podcast or kind of like me, (laughs) will you rate this pretty please? I'll, I'll give you a high five when I see you. But if you could leave a rating for my podcast, that would be fantastic because I know that that's how podcasts grow. It's like the start of them growing. So that'd be awesome. Be really cool of you. It'll make you really cool. Again, you'll get a high five from me. I mean, what else could you want? But yeah. Thanks for listening. Follow along at Corey underscore in the kitchen and it's Corey with an I C O R I. I know I'm special, different. And also follow phone eats first pod on Instagram. If you would like, again, like I said, I don't really use that one, but Corey in the kitchen is where it's at. And let me know what you liked for this episode and what else you want to hear. And yeah, I thank you guys for following along on this journey. I'm loving it so much. And I like, I just love this. I love podcasting. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and yeah, everyone have a great rest of your week. And if you don't know this already, I post episodes every Sunday or that's the goal because I just love Sunday. And I feel like Sunday is such a day that you can romanticize and it just like fits with the whole funny's first vibe and my vibe. I love like cooking on a Sunday and I want to make your Sundays a little less scary. So yeah, thanks again. And we will talk soon. Mm-hmm.